Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. So I was fronting all this extra money to get this job done and watching my bank account get a very, very low. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your, your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show uh, where we've interviewed, uh, let's see, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tom Wheelwright, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's CPA, and many other successful real estate investors. And the whole purpose of this show is to learn from their experiences and specifically get their best real estate investing advice ever so that we can really cut through all of the stuff. Sometimes I call it fluff and get to the heart of, of what will help you move your business forward. So with us today, we've got Alex Youngblood. How you doing, Alex? I'm good, man. How you doing, Joe? Doing very well, my friend. And thank you for joining us. Alex is based in Hampton Roads, 
Virginia, which uh, is near Virginia Beach, Virginia. He's the host of the Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast. He's the co-founder of 1-800-FAIR-OFFER and is focused on generating motivated seller leads and finding the best way to capitalize on each one of those leads. With that being said, Alex, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure, absolutely. I got basically into the real estate business. Oh, it was almost a little bit of a train wreck, I would say. I, I was uh, just married. I just started picking out some uh, real estate courses to go through. And uh, lease options was one of them in which I started. And from going from that, I mean, long story short, has ended up going through a court uh, procedure uh, because the lease option tenant was trying to claim that I had their deposit, which in fact, I really didn't have their deposit because somebody else had assigned me the deal and I ended up uh, losing money on it. So that kind of you know made me sour towards the business and I figured maybe this was not for me. And I ended up going into the uh, security arena. You know, you're familiar with like ADT and Brinks Home Security and all those? Oh, yeah, of course. My brother has a, a product called Door Devil. Oh. And it reinforces your door frame so that people can't kick it down. So a lot of security companies reach out to have been reaching out to him lately to kind of add that into their offering. Because usually with door security, companies like ADT, you can watch the burglar go ransack your house through a nice mobile app, but um, this actually stops them from kicking down the door. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I got into that business and um, basically went from being a technician to making 10 to $12 an hour to being a salesperson in which I really made my first jump in income, you know, making from 10 to $12 an hour to making $80,000 a year based on being in a results business. So that kind of changed the uh, landscape for me uh, as far as my own income cap. So I went from there and... And when was this? How many years ago? Oh, uh, this was probably 2004, 2005. Okay. And from there, I actually went with my previous general manager, he left the company and went off to start his own individual dealership and uh, brought me with him. And, you know, our goal was to have our own company and, and do our own thing. And, and, and my belief was, okay, now, you know, this is going to be cool. We're going to, we're going to have our own company. We're going to be able to have all this free time and make our own rules and live the entrepreneur life, right? <laughs> free time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So long story short, what that was, that actually didn't end up happening. And uh, I, I sat down with him once and basically had gone over, um, you know, what, what's our overall plan here? What are we trying to do? You know, when are we going to be able to be literally on the beach and having the business run? And we're, um, you know, we're reaping the benefits of our, 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 of the efforts we're putting in here. And he pretty much looked at me and he said, Alex, that's not going to happen. This is, uh, you know, what I do is I work. I'm always going to be here behind this desk. And so are you. <laughs> so I realized you were selling security systems at the time. Well, we started our own dealership. So we had right. salespeople under, you know, we had recruited salespeople and we had um, built a, a pretty substantial business. But in also, in essence, uh, I had built myself a pretty substantial job. And what were you selling? 
security for uh, okay. ADT. So okay, got we it. were selling home security systems in which customers would sign up, you know, on a contract, pay ADT um, monthly, and uh, ADT would pay us for that contract. So essentially, you had in, in real estate terms your own brokerage. You had real estate agents, or you had salespeople in this case for security under you, and you were the brokers essentially. Essentially, yeah, that's okay. what ADT dealer is. Yeah. Okay. So all along through that, I was starting to get back into real estate and look at marketing and and trying to figure out what's the best way to find the deals because that's that's the goal. You try to find deals, and deals is what can drive what type of money you're going to make or, you know, if, if, if any. So getting back into it, I, I would, I made some decent money uh, with some wholesale deals and, and was learning more of the business on the wholesale side where we're basically coming in and finding properties at deep discounts and then moving them on to another buyer uh, through uh, whether it's a contract assignment or a double close in which, you know, we're buying and then reselling very shortly to the, uh, to the end buyer. Um, so I'd done a few of those and in doing so, I, I said, man, I wonder if I could do this full time. Maybe I wouldn't make as much money as I was, uh, you know, because I'd be missing the income from the security business. Um, but would my time gained be that much better? So in 2008, in the worst real estate market of all time, at the you know at the fall, I had le- I went ahead and left the company, and started my own uh, started into the real estate side full time, and never looked back from there. Well, you had impeccable timing. So congrats, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, 2008, you had gotten a taste of the wholesale side of things. Is that what you were doing in starting in 2008 wholesale? Yep. I was in wholesaling and I was doing some rehabs as well, but mainly wholesale. Okay. And 2008 to now, what have you been up to? Well, now things have really evolved. I've gone from just doing wholesaling to uh, more um, rehabs and now even into new construction and some small development uh, projects. So it's really gone quite far since 2008. How'd you get into new construction from wholesale and rehabs? Well, this is going to tie into uh, some of the best advice ever, but because I learned that I could find these deals, new construction deals, and you could easily shovel it off to another investor, make a quick five or $6,000 most of the time on those, or you could learn how the new construction side of things work and make 10 times more than that. And that that's, and that's what I decided. I decided these opportunities, you know, they don't come around every single day. So I was trying to make the most of every opportunity that I could. Can we talk about one of those opportunities and, and get into the specifics? Sure. So let's see here. One of the deals uh, we had we had done, and I guess that kind of led me into that, was buying these smaller houses, okay, so six or 700 square foot houses that most people would run away from because it's just a piece of junk and probably needs to be torn down. So basically what we would do is we'll go in and tear down every wall, but two or three, leave the existing foundation, sometimes, well, most of the times do an addition off of the back and uh, build up from there. So everything but the foundation and a few walls is brand new. So 
it really cuts your your uh, construction deadline down drastically because you don't you're not having to go through the whole uh, development and development and permitting just like you would for new construction but you get the same appeal and desire that you would of a uh, of a new construction house so you know we'll buy these properties for 40 50,000 dollars we'll put about 100,000 into them and then we can sell them for anywhere between 235 and 250 depending on the location Got it. How did you learn the construction process? Well, that's a good question because, you know, I've kind of learned through my uh, experience that I don't need to know everything. I just need to have the right people in place who do know what they need to know for that particular whatever we're trying to do. And uh, by putting them in place and orchestrating um, everything else, uh, we, we get things done. So I don't know a lot about new const- or construction. I don't know, uh, you know, a lot about framing or plumbing or any of that, but I do know how to find the right people who do know those things. And I do know how to put them in place to make it happen. There's a fine line between knowing how to do everything and then not knowing how to do any of it, but knowing how to get the right people in place. Because in between somewhere in you know from those two spectrums you've got to know if people are pulling you know pulling something over on you absolutely uh, and you've got to be educated to a certain point so how how do you balance that as far as making sure you're not being uh, having something pulled over on you i would say there's just common sense that comes into play. Uh, you know, after if you've done a couple of these deals, and you kind of get to know, okay, this should cost this, this should cost that. You know, framing should cost this, plumbing should cost this for this because they're all very similar square footage of what we're building. Uh, so you can, you know, it's very systematic from that point. Now, in the beginning, you know, if you could find somebody that's doing the business and uh, work alongside of them. Or, you know, if you could just say, hey, I'd love to see how you're doing this. And um, I'd love to walk through your job site and and talk to some of the people while they're working. You know, maybe somebody will let you do that. Maybe they won't. But uh, a lot of it is trial and error and just uh, getting into the midst of it. Because even if you do make a mistake, you know, it's, it's education. It's the cost of education and you learn and you move on. You know, there's landmines. Everybody walks through these landmines uh, that are out there in the business. Um, I've walked through uh, my share, and uh, I mean, I haven't lost any legs yet. <laughs> How many of those new construction deals have you done? Oh, total? I'd say we're getting close to 50. That's a decent amount. Are they all in the Virginia area? Yeah, we're, they're all in uh, the Virginia area, mainly Norfolk, uh, some in Chesapeake. Uh, those would be the main areas that we've done those deals in. What's a project out of those 50 that turned out the worst and why? Something that turned out the worst. Well, <laughs> well, I haven't lost any money on any of those deals uh, as of yet. But one thing I would say you have to be careful is due diligence. And Um, As far as buying for new construction purposes, there's a deal right now that we're in the middle of, and I kind of got steamrolled into buying it, and in doing so, uh, we bought a property that didn't have any sewer and any water, 
and uh, we need to get, bring utilities to the site. And there have been quotes, you know, as high as $200,000 to do so. So that would be a $200,000 mistake. Um, but I think we've figured out the way to rectify this by uh, acquiring some more property along that same street and then being able to split that uh, cost over those additional lots that we're able to create. So there has to been a lot of, um, there was a lot of gymnastics there that needed to be done <laughs> or else it would have been quite a disaster. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, you mentioned some landmines and I'm going to ask you later what's the biggest mistake you've made, but can you mention some other landmines that you've, you've stepped on Fortunately, it hasn't caused permanent damage, uh, if we want to continue that analogy. But what, what are some of the things that you've come across and what happened? Well, that would be one of the landmines, is making sure if you're in the de- on the development side of things that you know exactly what utilities, if there are utilities to the site and that they are uh, accessible. And if not, what's it going to take to bring those utilities to the site so that you can develop everything the way it needs to be done? Another landmine would be making sure that you don't want to get caught up with the wrong contractor uh, who can come in and, uh, well, actually, that would that just deal that just came to me, actually, one of the worst deals there. Um, it was definitely the wrong contractor, and this was probably back in 2000 and pro- actually it was 2008 when I first uh, got off the uh, books uh, or got off of that uh, the previous venture there, and it almost broke me. It literally almost broke me because the contractor gave me one number and didn't end up being that number, um, you know, probably a difference of $30,000. And I tried to bring in another contractor to uh, remedy the situation. And he was basically somebody that came in and uh, made another royal mess of it. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, as far as contractors go, you want to make sure that they are all licensed and insured and have references that you could talk to people because the contractor business is rough. Some of these guys are very good at telling you what you want to hear and can put you in a very bad spot because once they have money, then your money, they can put themselves in the driver's seat and then you can be in a spot to where you need to finish up a job and you've already got money out on it and you can't bring somebody in to correct the problem for what that difference is because they're They've gotten ahead on you, so you you have to watch out for that. And are there certain ways that you compensate your contractors now compared to what you were, how you were compensating them before? Yeah, when the job is done. (laughs) So anybody who asks for a large amount of money down up front, you got to be very leery of. But the way I compensate now is in draws. So if Uh, let's say it's a plumbing or an electrical job. So they get a certain amount upon the rough in, meaning the first inspection that comes in is the rough in inspection. And if that rough in passes, then they get this, you know, they get the first draw and then they come in. And after we get the, uh, the next inspection down the line, they get their next one. And then, you know, upon the final complete building final, they get the the next. So it kind of final uh, follows the inspection schedule. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? 
The best real estate investing advice ever would be to never be a one trick pony. Uh, and that is exactly how I landed up in doing new construction and development and things like that. I try to make the most out of every lead that comes through the door. So if it's a rehab, then I will go ahead and, uh, you know, and, and set it up for a rehab. I have the, you know, the abilities to orchestrate the private money that it takes to take the property down and, and, and set it up for a rehab. Um, if it looks like it's better off going for a wholesale situation where I can get a real decent amount of money for this thing without doing any work to it, and it just doesn't make sense to go for the rehab, then I'll do that. Uh, or if it's a new construction opportunity where, you know, I can say buy the property for 45 and nobody else will come in there and they'll only buy it for 50,000, I'm making 5,000. Um, or I could bring it to the new construction route and make 50,000, then I'm going to go that route, which is the, you know, the, the, the more risk, the more reward. But in that situation, I'm going to go ahead and take that $50,000 payday over the $5,000 payday. So the best advice is to be aware of each one of your deal scenarios and just make the most out of each one. With the new construction to, you know, instead of the five looking for the 50,000 in profit, how long does that take from start to finish? Well, to get through development and permitting, that's going to take you a few months. And then your construction timeline is usually about 90 days. And then from your point of sale, uh, that could take another, you know, 90 days. So, I mean, I put it anywhere between six to nine months. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land. They're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. What's the best ever book you've read? I would say the four hour work week. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? I would say when I left my, uh, my, my security job in 2008 and really took 100% responsibility for my results and my family's well-being and uh, learning that life is, uh, you know, I control my, uh, my life and, and what, what happens on the, uh, as far as the results are concerned. So learning that I don't depend on others to make things happen for me, I go out and make them happen um, was my biggest takeaway on that. Did you have a family in 2008? As far as children? Yeah. No. It was just you and your wife? We had one in the oven. All right. What was that like whenever, if you can go back and, and think about what it was like whenever the contractor went over 30000 you brought in another and he made it even messier and more expensive and it almost broke you. Yes. What was that like and what pushed you through to continue? It was a terrible experience because I was watching my bank account go down and down and down and down and down because I didn't want to go to my pro back to my private lender and say, I need more money on this thing. You know, I basically had asked for a certain amount of money to get the job done based on uh, what my contractor had told me. And I didn't want to go back to the lender and say, oh, I need more money. I made a mistake. So I was fronting all this extra money 
to get this job done. And watching my bank account get a very, very low was pretty scary, especially, you know, with the with the prospect of the new baby on the way and thinking what could potentially happen as far as, uh, you know, making sure my lender was protected and, and secured. What pushed you through it? What pushed me through it was I, I said, I have to make this deal happen. And I, I there's there is no there's no um, there's no failure is not an option. And I realized I have my wife and my kids and my, you know, or at that time, the baby on the way, depending on me. And like I said, if it, if it is going to happen, it's going to be because I made it happen. And what was the mechanism that actually financially triggered the success of that or at least the, the completion of it? Well, like I said, my bank account got really, really, really low. And um, one thing that saved me on that deal was I was able to sell it for sale by owner. So I was able to cut out any realtor fees on the deal. And um, the lady was able to come in and buy it from me. And um, I was able to, I, you know, I probably made two or $3,000 after it was all said and done, but I got my money back on it. And the other thing, actually, the thing that saved me was while I was doing that rehab job, I was also continuing in my wholesaling business. And along the way, uh, I had a deal that made me, it was a $75,000 wholesale deal that came along and that kept me going for sure. <laughs> best ever, talk, speaking of that, I think this is a good segue, best ever deal you've done. Uh, there was a deal I did uh, actually down in um, North Carolina. The profit was... Uh, close to $100,000. It was a deal that uh, came in through uh, one of my websites. The seller was asking $120,000. I negotiated him down to $100,000. I had uh, somebody down in the gr- on the ground there in Raleigh that I worked with. He was able to bring in a buyer and we, you know, I bought it for $100,000, sold it for two hundred, dollars and the rest is history. What was the cut that the person on the ground received from that? They got 50%. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Probably the biggest mistake was jumping into something, you know, jump, well, jumping into a situation without really doing a whole bunch of due diligence on it. And, it, you know, it could it actually could lend to that situation in the amount of dollar wise where I just talked about where the utilities was messed was a messed up situation there. Yep. Um, I took somebody's word for the fact that, the, that it had utilities to the property. And by doing so and not doing my own due diligence or even just making a few phone calls, uh, you know, it could have been a, a more than six figure uh, mistake. So yeah, that's, you know, dollar wise, that would be the biggest mistake. And what's the best ever place for the listeners to reach you, Alex? Well, I've got a wholesaling houses full-time group on Facebook. Uh, we've got, I think, close to 14,000 members in there now. And it's a very responsive group in which anybody can go in there and ask questions, network. And um, you can search for that by going to Facebook, searching Wholesaling Houses Full Time. Uh, I have a brand 1-800-FAIR-OFFER in which we show people how to use a brand that we've already established and can use the name the uh, phone number and the websites as their own. And they can check that out at 1-800-FAIROFFER.COM. 1-800-FAIROFFER.COM. 
Awesome. Well, Alex, this has been just a great conversation. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and myself and talking about your progress and you, the really the new construction. We focus a lot about on that and how you evolved and how you're still doing other types of, of strategies like wholesaling and rehabs. But going tying into your, your advice, you're, you're not a one-trick pony. You're being aware of how you can maximize the value of every opportunity that comes through your lead generation system. You got it. And I think that's, that's clearly the theme here. I love how you got into the specifics of you know, when, when things didn't go right in 2008 yeah. and what that was like, because we've, anyone who's been in the business long enough, ha- we've all been there. And what you did to pull out of it, what, you know, tactically and psychologically, it's just like, it, there's not an option other than, you know, other than for me to push through this and tactically doing for sale by owner. And then also having money come in from another business. In this case, it was your wholesaling business that made, made you money on, on the side and, you know, helped you stay afloat. I know that had to be a very challenging character building uh, time for you. And then how you've you've gone into new construction, buying a 700 square foot, you know, on average house, tearing it down every wall, but two or three, leaving the foundation. Uh, it cuts down the construction timeline and the amount of permits that you need. You still have to go through that process, as you mentioned, during your timeline, but it allows you to get it done faster. And I like how you went through you know, some of your examples of what you've learned, um, those landmines that you discussed, the due diligence, making sure that utilities are on site and accessible. Otherwise, uh, you're going to get into a very sticky situation and have to cobble together a solution. <laughs> yeah. And then also talking about the, the timeline in particular with new construction that you're looking at, where development and permitting is a few months, construction timelines, 90 days, and point of sales about 90 days. So thank you again for being on the show, sharing your advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Best ever listeners, do you remember episode 195? It's titled How to Become a Billion Dollar Developer. Um, quite a, an impressive title. Well, imagine the man behind that title, Mark Massia. He's a friend of mine. I met him in New York. Oh, I met him through this show, and then we um, just really hit, hit it off in New York whenever I was living there. He has a company, Massia Development. You can check it out at MAS. C-I-A-D-E-V.com. And it's not for everyone, but if you're interested in investments in retail and medical office, so only retail and medical office that provide stable cash flow, then you need to talk to him. Talk to Mark. You can email him directly at invest at M-A-S-C-I-A-D-E-V.com. That's invest at MessiahDev.com. He's a great guy, really accomplished. And if you're into uh, investing in retail and medical office, stable cash flowing properties, then you need to talk to him. I'm not making any commissions off of this. I just, I, I believe in what he does and I believe in him and uh, highly recommend you talk to him if that's what you're looking for. <laughs>